You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. As the title states, in this podcast, we'll be talking about efficient aesthetics. So let's ask ourselves, are we as clinicians as efficient as we can be, and are we as aesthetic as we can be? Are patients raving about us or calling our office complaining of tooth sensitivity, or maybe just not thrilled with their newly restored teeth? Today, we'll be discussing how you and your team can grow your skills, boost your production, and at the same time, maintain a practice full of very satisfied patients. Our guest is Dr. David Rice, founder of the nation's largest student and new dentist community, Ignite DDS. Dr. Rice is also editor-in-chief of Dentistry IQ and leads a team-centered restorative and implant practice in East Amherst, New York. For those that are interested, Dr. Rice has a Viva Learning webinar coming up titled Direct Restorative, Prep, Place, Profit. So feel free to register for this free live webinar scheduled for Thursday, January 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on VivaLearning.com. And by the way, on completion of the webinar, you'll earn live interactive CE credit. If you're listening to this podcast after January 6th, feel free to log on to Viva Learning to watch the recorded version. Dr. Rice, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you? Everything's going well here. And again, offline, we talked and I want to reiterate how much we appreciate your contribution to VivaLearning.com on the podcast, on the webinars. Um, you do training for sales reps with us. You're really quite a star here with Viva Learning. So let, let me start this podcast with a pretty simple question. In a world where the pressure to produce continues to increase, how can a dentist keep pace and quality? There's kind of three buckets that I always look at. And if I'm a dentist, I would recommend looking at as well. One is systems. So for those of you who don't know, one of the greatest economists in the world over time kind of touts that 94% of our success is in the system. And 6% is, is with people in our team. So dentists, I think we need to focus on our systems first and foremost. Second, we do need to focus on our team. That 6% maybe is smaller by volume, but very, very valuable. And their ability to get great skills, help our patients say yes, and kind of do that dance we do all day long. That interaction is important. And last and certainly not least, I would say technology. And even in the direct restorative space, there's there's more technology than we maybe think about day to day because this is what we do all the time. With direct restorative still dominating most practices today, you're talking about systems and how these um, economists write about this. What systems relate to the dental practitioner and how can it help us the most to to achieve the success? Sure. I would say two pieces to that. First is the actual system or the, the process itself and everything matters in that process. How a patient comes to us and meets us the first time, how where they're greeted when they walk in the door, how we bring them back, we sit them down, we deliver anesthesia, isolate, prep, matrix, restore. All of those pieces matter. And the, and the second part is actually in the materials themselves and, and having a, a really strong understanding of Am I in the anterior segment or the posterior? Do my patients want maximum strength, maximum beauty? Is there a balance in between? How do we find that? And how do we really understand systematically what every single patient values most so we can over-deliver for them and, and really customize their care? So how does a dentist develop a system, like you mentioned, where we're talking about greeting the patient, and then they come to the chair and they sit down and 
you know, there's protocol involved and it deals not only with the dentist, the practice owner, and also the staff. How does one know that they're working within the right system to reach the goals of success? I love that. I think, you know, a, a really simple way to know is to get humble and ask your patients, you know, maybe not ask every patient, but if you identify your top 20 percenter, I mean, the patient, they, they come in every single time, they pay their bills every time, they send their friends and families, invest the time in asking their thoughts and opinions on what's working and what they would like to be done differently. So what you're saying is you rely heavily on the patient's feedback to actually develop a system that works best for the interaction between the dentist and the patient. But doesn't the dentist have to do certain things that the patient may not be aware of? So their feedback may be important, but it's not going to create a system that's, that is a set of processes that fit the goals of a dentist who's trying to start from the first interaction with the patient to a treatment plan, to a post-operative home care plan, and so forth. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. Uh, that's an excellent point. I think if we rewound the clock a little bit and said, starts with your vision, you know, what kind of practice do you want? Do you want to see a lot of patients or a few? What type of dentistry would you like to do? And then you've got to build a culture. So systematically, who are the people that you work with? What is the environment that you work in? What mix of procedures and, uh, and how are you going to do those things? And then I think thirdly, are the daily habits that you and your team bring to the table. So you're right. You've got to start on the team side and build systems and then bring those systems to your patients and, and get their feedback to make sure what you're doing is working. Because I think a lot of times what we, we think we're working really well with people when maybe we're not working as well as we could be. Tell us about your direct restorative experience in your practice and what you found is important in achieving high aesthetics. Because I know you, you know you teach a lot and you lecture a lot and you're very big on aesthetic dentistry, which is very important today. There's a lot of materials out there. There's a lot of companies that sell all sorts of stuff. How does a dentist know what to start using, uh, what works, and what should they be expecting from these materials? First and foremost, I think as a dentist, we have to resist the temptation to make decisions like most people in the world make them, which is emotionally. And the first thing we need to do is go to the science. So you're 100% right. There are too many manufacturers in dentistry to name, and some of them do things at such a superior level to almost everybody else, and the science shows that. So go do your research, check the literature, um, stop going to Facebook and asking opinions and getting affirmation and start getting real information. When it comes to direct restorative, I know you're doing a lot of different types of restorative cases in your practice. What do you find that's working for you and what can you recommend to our audience? And then I want to ask you also about how critical the dental team is to making mm. this all work to create an efficient aesthetic practice. Sure. I, you know, I like to divide things into regions. So posteriorly, I would say what's working really, really well today in, in many practices, not just my own, are bulk fill materials. We need to be mindful of our speed as well as our final result. And bulk fills today, the best ones at least, have great science behind them that we can shrink the time it takes us to deliver we can eliminate post-op sensitivity, and we can maintain some really nice aesthetics. Anteriorly, speed is important, but sometimes, you know, on a, a central incisor, we better be a, a 10 out of 10 aesthetics 
and that might take a few extra minutes to accomplish. So anteriorly, you know, it's it's really understanding your patient. Do they want a nine out of ten, or do they want to be on the cover of a magazine? So you know whether you can accomplish that job with maybe two shades of different opacities, or you're going to need five, six, seven layers and, and all the colors of the rainbow to do a great job. So really material science is of epic importance today. And the dental team, how critical is the team when trying to work with these materials today and, and, and do these processes that integrate uh, the direct restorative procedures using the materials of choice? You know, for us, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll maybe narrow this to our, our clinical team specifically, on the dental assistant side, they have to know everything about every material we use, as well as you know, you and I do as dentists, because if they hand us the wrong material and we think we're using one thing when we're using another, then all the science goes out the window. On the hygiene side, the clinical team, the more a hygienist understands about the restorative process, the more they can um, really frame the story. So when we walk in to do an exam, a patient is prepared, they're preheated, they already understand the process, and, and we understand what matters most to our patient. So uh, don't forget your hygienists when you clinically train. So how important is the dental team in the interaction with the patient prior to the dentist coming into the operatory to do the procedure? So if I'm scheduled for two MODs and I'm getting bulk fills on my posterior teeth, I'm sitting down and the dentist is working on another patient right now. They're not quite in my operatory where I'm going to get the work done. What is the importance of the interaction between the staff who's there now with me in the operatory before the dentist comes in? Great question. Uh, you know, I'll throw two words at you that in my 27 years have become more valuable than most. The first is patients need to feel safe. So your team's ability to orient a patient as to what's going to happen what to expect during the procedure, after the procedure, really, really important. And then along with safety, maybe hand in hand with safety is trust. And our patients really, really trust our team, sometimes more than they trust us. So the more we equip our team, the more trust happens, the easier it is for us as dentists to walk into a treatment room and, and deliver great care because our teammates have already done 99% of the work. Yeah. Now, is it important for the team member to really understand the patient in that some patients don't really want to know the details of what dental work mm. they're getting done? Some want to talk about the football game that just happened on Sunday. It's a Monday morning appointment and they just watched the Green Bay Packers win again. Or <laughs> do they need to understand that? I love football, but I'm, <laughs> I'm more interested in knowing what's going on with my procedure. So I want to know you know, what am I getting done today? Will the doctor finish, he or she finish both restorations? Um, will I expect any discomfort? For some patients, they want to know everything about, you know, is this going to hurt? Is this going to, but some patients don't want to talk about that. So should the staff know what that patient wants to hear and kind of feed into that a little bit better? Absolutely. And I will, I would share in our practice for every clinical course we take, we take a course on human behavior and we study all of our patients so we can anticipate and share with everyone on their team who each person is because to your point some people want you know time is their most valuable commodity they want to get in they want to get out all they want to know is how long is it going to take what's it going to cost and what are my risks if i don't do this and, and some people need a whole lot of time and hand holding and customizing the conversation is really important 
we're talking about direct restorative, and clinicians arguably spend most of their time in the direct restorative space. What technology matters most here? Oftentimes in dentistry, we underestimate what we do because it is what we do, and we forget how intricate the process is. So for direct restorative, I think the two most valuable technological advances today are in adhesives. What's your technique? You know, are you using a universal adhesive? And, and why? Are you total etching, selective, self-etching? What circumstances drive which one? But a firm understanding of adhesives and the technology that's in them today, because they're all so extremely different one from the next is important. And, and on the other side, your light. You know, the number one reason adhesive dentistry fails, and this has been true for a decade, is insufficient cure. And sometimes it's the material, sometimes it's technique, and a lot of times it's really, you're using the wrong light. It's not curing the material you've chosen. So knowing the tech that's in your light and why one light is better than another is, is really critical. And not having complete polymerization of the material obviously is a major cause for tooth sensitivity, is it not? It is, it is. I call it creme brulee, because lots of times we cure it and on the outside it feels really hard, but if, if we sectioned a tooth outside of the patient's mouth, that material's not cured at all, or it's minimally cured, right? And sensitivity, um, we can cause a lot of issues iatrogenically if we're not careful. So when it comes to a good light, I know Ivaclar Vivident, the sponsor of this podcast, makes a system that is really one of the best around. Could you tell us something about that system? Because I know you're familiar with that. Sure. There are a few things I really, really like a lot. One is they have polywave technology, which means some of you who are listening use uh, adhesives as well as composites that cure in one wavelength. And some of you work with materials that cure in an entirely different wavelength. So you have to have a light that cures your specific composite. Ivaclar's light with that polywave technology gives a broad spectrum and it enables you and I to cure whatever material we like. So we're not locked into one material or another. I love that. And I, it also has a really cool feature. It's, it's almost like lane assist. So for you know anyone who's got that in their car and you, you drift a little bit and your car vibrates and lets you know, hey, stay on course. Um, when we talk about insufficient cure, maybe you have the right light, it's the right wavelength, you're using the right composite, and you're having a conversation with your dental assistant, and all of a sudden, one of you who's holding the light looks left, and the light comes off the tooth. When that happens, even if it's just by 10 degrees, it dramatically decreases your ability to cure. So the light has built-in lane assist, just like your car does. Yeah, lane assist is something that's in my Subaru now. You drift slightly to the left, and beep, 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 those things are going off everywhere. I was going to disable it. My wife refuses to let me do that because she feels much safer. <laughs> She's going, you know, <laughs> instead of me nagging you to stay in your lane, I'll let the car nag you. So it saves marriages, that lane assist stuff. Um, maybe it saves relationships between dentists and assistants too, when this tells you that you're not curing uh, in the right angle and so forth. So what is the name of the light system that Ivaclar Vivaden has? So they have a whole line of blue phase curing lights and the power cure light is their latest and greatest light that has all the bells and whistles that we've been talking about. It also has a really great feature that when you're using the power cure line of composites, so power fill and power flow, you and I can actually cure in three second increments instead of 10 second increments. And for those of you who like doing simple math, think about 
how many restorations you place in a day times days of the week, weeks of the year you practice, and you will be shocked at the time savings and what that translates to from a profitability standpoint. Right. And there goes the title, Efficient Aesthetics. So the light curing part of it, not only is it a shorter period of time that's required to cure, but the reliability and consistency factor is really important because you're not going to have to redo these restorations. And then, like I said in my introduction, we're not going to be expecting calls saying that the patient has sensitivity issues. If you're using a, a light curing system that's compatible with the material, which this is, and it has the the right broad wavelength capacity that will make sure that these materials fully polymerize and in a shorter period of time, which is really excellent. What are some of the other key things that a dentist should be really cognizant of that will improve the practice's efficiency when it comes to aesthetic dentistry? Simple things from um, matrixing systems are so key. Some people spend so much time contouring teeth and then they have a contact that's too light or it's too open. So every little step matters. I would say if I'm you and I'm assessing my system, just sit down, time yourself from start to finish. What's comfortable to deliver excellence? And then look at each individual piece of that system and ask yourself if there's something that should be unplugged and plug in um, a product from today or tomorrow that could help you be more efficient without losing any aesthetic advantage. Yeah, that's a great idea. So you actually time yourself. So you're saying that it could be any one of 10 steps that's slowing the dentist down. And the trick is to identify which step that is. And then how do you go about trying to figure out how to speed up that step? I'm always a fan of, you know, seeking the counsel of people who are, are doing what you'd like to do at a very high level already. It could be as simple as anesthesia. You know, I used to give mandibular blocks all the time. I I'd probably give them less than 5% of the patients I treat today. But get with people who are already doing what you would like to do at a very high level and just ask their help. I think it's one of the most beautiful parts about dentistry is we're a very giving profession. We really do want to help one another succeed. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dr. Rice. We appreciate your insight and congratulations on the success of Ignite DDS. How many people are involved with Ignite DDS now? Gosh, on our .com, there's over 43,000. We reach about 100,000 a week on social media. Really, our job is to, is to help a, a young dentist get to the finish line, their version of success as quickly as possible. So we do that by community. We do that with education. We do that by connecting great people from student to young dentist to seasoned pro to the best in the industry. It's an ocean out there. So we just try to make it a, a smaller pond and, and help people fast track to success. Excellent. Again, that's Ignite DDS, I-G-N-I-T-E-D-D-S. Thank you very much, Dr. Rice. We look forward to having you on the webinar on January 6th and uh, future webinars and podcasts as always. Thank you. Thank you.